Welcome to Six Degrees Within YGK, a podcast where we get everyone within the YGK area where we talk about health, fitness, and overall balance of life. I'm your host, Bob Payne, owner of Crossroad Limestone and Limestone Athletics. Hey everyone, welcome to another podcast with Six Degrees Within YGK. Today, we have Coach full-time coach here, Laura Wells. Laura, what's going on? What's going on? Glad to be here. Uh, how are you doing today? <laughs> I'm doing great. How, how are you? So far, so good. Just We're just rocking out, just doing rocking your thing. Rocking out. Let's do it. Okay, so let's hear the story of Laura Wells. Like, how did you get involved in fitness, where you are today? Like, Perfect. like let's, let's go back. Let's, let's, hear, let's, it. let's hear it. Let's hear your creation story. All right, I'd love to tell it. So I've always been into sports. So if I take it back all the way to high school, um, my main sports were probably like track and volleyball. Um, got into fitness doing that, like probably. Well, what track did you do? Uh, triple jump <laughs> and the 100 meter sprint. So the, the 100 meter sprint, that's my favorite. Yeah, yeah, that was the best. Um, but definitely probably, and then soccer as well. So I did soccer and volleyball were my sports in high school. Um, and then... We, they, they just opened, it was like the first year at BCI in Brockville that they opened their um, their fitness class. So you would get credits for just working out. So, so this is like a high school class. Yeah, this is like you got credits for just like pumping iron in the gym. It was pretty cool. Um, so I enjoyed that. And then probably if I get dig deep into this, it was probably uh, on my volleyball team. I was super insecure about my body. Um, and at that age, you know, with social, with social media and everything, it's, it's, it's a hard time for girls. I find definitely in that age. Um, so, you know, with looking at social media, seeing all these kind of like Instagram influencers having these amazing bodies, I was super insecure about mine. Um, especially having to kind of play volleyball with like the entire school watching you. Were you a shy person growing up? Um, because, like, I will say, like, anybody who's met Laura in class, we know Laura's not shy. Like, you bring a lot of energy. So were you shy before high school or? I, w- I was shy in the sense that I wasn't the best on my team. But as a person, I was definitely nervous to play in sports because it wasn't, I never was really the best at, like, one specific sport. Um, and I think that's kind of, like, um, what followed me to weightlifting. Um, but anyway, to bring it back to that, um, there's a couple girls on my team, which I just admired, um, just the way they looked. Like, they would, you know, like, look great in, I don't know, a pair of volleyball shorts. So that kind of, um, that kind of influenced me to, okay, what, what can I do here to kind of improve? Like, what can I do to feel good about myself when I play sports? Um, and <laughs> it wasn't the right way to approach it, but... I uh, decided to kind of cut my calories extremely hard with absolutely no education, no guidance, nothing. And it got to a point where I got down to like 120 pounds. And my my maintenance cut, like what I am comfortably is probably around like 150, 160. So I I did this by pure motivation. Like I would... I worked at Loblaws when I was like 15. It was my first job. I would literally not eat anything. I would not eat the food that my dad provided, which was an absolutely beautiful meal. Like he's, he would spoil us with food growing up. I would just not eat it. I was just wanted to lose the weight to get to a comfortable state where I fit in on my volleyball team. And it wasn't really that I was overweight in any way. I was just like, it wasn't comfortable for me. Um, 
And then I remember, like, just bringing gum to my, like, eight-hour shifts and just eating that gum and, like, not eating anything else and just... I was happy at that point. Um, and then Wait, it got, you said you were happy at that point? At that, I was I was happy that I was losing weight. And okay. this is like grade 10. When so. did you ever find that during that time? You had like no energy? Were you like, like cranky? Because I find when people are cutting weight like yeah. that, like they are, the, the hormones are all over the place. You're at an age where your hormones mm-hmm. are all over the place anyways. But you're basically starving yourself. Yeah. But people when people are hungry, they're like, think of that, hangry, right? Yeah. And then, you know, hungry and angry. But like you see this in some of the kids in high school Absolutely. when they come into the gym and stuff, or you see them outside. Like they're when they don't eat, their moods are like crap. 100%. Like I see this with Taylor's kids, right? right? No, that was that totally. I remember slamming the door on my mom. Like she would drive me to school, and I was in a terrible mood, hundred percent. But at that time, I, I I like had a goal, and I wanted to get to a place, and I would track my weight, and I thought it was, you know, this was the right thing to do. <laughs> um, and then from there. Um, my teachers, it got to a point where like some of my teachers in my class would be like, Hey, like what's going on? Are you, are you good? And I actually had friends who would stand up for me and be like, she's fine. She's fine. Like, um, and then from there, um, I, my first ever relationship was with, um, this guy and we would go, he was very into powerlifting. And this is when I kind of started into, um, just lifting weights in general. I would start it out with the gym. I just thought cardio was the way to go. I would be like, on the, I was on the elliptical for maybe an hour, an hour and a half, uh, while he Were was. Were you playing volleyball at this time, or is this in the off season? Oh, uh, off season, yeah. And and he would just be, you know, he was in the lifting room lifting weights while I was doing cardio, and then he was fine. It was like he he influenced me to lift weights. He was like taught me how to bench, taught me how to squat, um, taught me how to deadlift, and I quite enjoyed it from there. So and then I completely just got rid of the cardio. Was really really into these weights and then that kind of took over I didn't I did soccer and maybe five times a week I was in I was in the gym lifting weights got into university and that's when I started to educate myself on proper nutrition I what university Queen's University yeah (laughs) and that's when I I started taking nutrition courses Um, I had like advanced nutrition and then you just learn about the macronutrient breakdown you kind of learn what are high fiber foods what you know what is what should you typically be eating at a certain age with a certain weight. Um, I don't necessarily agree with BMI totally because everybody's different. Everybody's body shape is different for them. Um, but I started educating myself on my own. I took powerlifting. I, um, I reached out to some an Ottawa coach named Paul O'Need. And yep, I met him once before. Yeah, he's a, he's a strong, big guy. Yeah, he, he's in the 700 pound squat area well he used to be even the strength coach over at queen's university so oh, this wow. was probably after because he, he was living here and then he moved out yeah to no i didn't know that about him but um that's that's unreal but yeah he so he took me through and at that point it wasn't very physical anymore like my my fitness journey went from straight physical about how i looked that i thought would give me confidence to a place where getting stronger was was now my goal and i think that has made me the person who i am today um when i when i'm training now there's nothing physical about it it's it's all sport related and that takes me to um from powerlifting to olympic lifting and when people ask me why do you Olympic lift, it's because I fa- I did the bodybuilding, I did that, and I did powerlifting. I, I I competed powerlifting. I didn't compete bodybuilding, but I've tried these different techniques of, you know, lifting weights, um, and I found <laughs> I found both of them quite boring. Like 
I can't do tricep extensions for 30 reps. Like, it, I can't, you know what I mean? Like, I can't, it, it, if that works for you and that gets you in the gym, amazing. For me, it didn't. Um, and I, and then I, I went to college. So if I rewind a little bit, I competed powerlifting twice. Um, and you done two meets. Yeah, I did two yep. meets, Ottawa Summer Showcase with Paul. That was super fun. I still cut weight then because I wanted to win and I wanted to do like how powerlifting works. It's all about weight classes. If you, you know, lift more weight in a smaller weight class, you're going to win. How did you do in that meet? I came second in my weight class, which is pretty cool, but there wasn't many girls in there, so it's, it's fine. I just, I count that as a win. Well, there was max two people <laughs> or... I'd say probably four. Okay, no, that's awesome. <laughs> um, and that was, that was fun. That was It was quite the amount of adrenaline, and I liked that competitive edge. It was cool working with a coach for sure and having that person to support you fully. Um, but still, I was still in this kind of like um, macro, like, you know, if it fits your macro, restrictive diet. And what do you explain? What do you mean by restrictive diet? Because I was going to jump back a little bit when you transitioned from when you got into powerlifting and learning a little bit more that mm -hmm. you need to eat. So, what do you mean by restrictive <clears throat> diet? He would give me um, like a carb, fat, and protein that I had to hit every single day. He'd give me a low and high day, um, which I think totally works for if you're doing, you know, if you're doing more strength training compared to days that you're not doing. Like, you need more calories when you're, when you're working out in general. Um, so it was just a set amount. Like it was, you can't go higher than this certain limit or you can't go lower than this. Um, did you ever find when you started transitioning to that, like, you're like, crap, I have to eat a lot. Was it like a big obstacle to start eating a lot in the beginning? Cause I assume like when you were going to the powerlifting there, you had to eat quite a bit compared to back mm -hmm. in like the, the starving days. Before. I would never, it, I never thought it was too much. I actually thought. I was, there were some days where I found, it was, it was actually, he did a really good job with, with finding my maintenance for me and being able to stick in a comfortable range. I didn't find it was, it was too hard. What I found was hard was going out with my friends in university and knowing that I had to count my like alcohol consumption, like take that alcohol and turn it into a carbon of fat and count that. Like I found And you can't go to Babo's Poutine or whatever downtown no, you, after. And no, yeah. you can't. Yeah, you can't. I still did, but I mean, you know, no. So you just had to switch your calories the next day. Exactly. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, that's the only the only difference is which I found helped. Like I found that going from somewhere where, like, like I said in high school, totally below my maintenance every single day for maybe about like six months to somewhere where you have a professional actually telling you you know, you need more protein than an average population because you're strength training, things like that. Um, like informing me on what, what is good. And it, it wasn't if it fits your macros type style. So um, I, I did have some leeway of what I wanted to eat. Um, and then when I got out of powerlifting, uh, I still at Queens, I stopped powerlifting or sorry, I continued to powerlift. Um, and this was my third year. And I found it, this is where it kind of started where I am today. Um, I was in a biology degree. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the experience of um, being at university and meeting new people and, you know, meeting different profs and being able to take different electives. I found that experience great. But when it came to, like, doing well in biology, I found that I slacked a lot because my passion was training clients. Like, I started building up a little bit of a repertoire with my clients. I, you know, I would be in the gym myself three hours 
out of the day instead of studying. Uh, I trained my best friend, one of my best friends that I met. Her name was Jess. Um, tiny little girl. I got her to bench like 95 pounds, and she's like 125. Her body weight's like 125. So um, I got with having a gym partner, uh, it was super fun to just lift you know, with all the varsity kids and me and her were slamming weights together. And, and you're that doing was, weightlifting at this time? Um, powerlifting still. Oh, power li- okay, yeah, powerlifting still. Okay. And, um, and then, yeah, and then it was weird. After I stopped competing, I kind of went into like a, a binge eating phase because I was like kind of lost. So I was eating whatever I wanted in a big amount of food all at once. I never felt sick, but it was just not great. It wasn't structured, and it, it was not healthy in any way. Um, Do you think that because before you've been living so long on, like, a restrictive diet, kind of like, okay, I got to count all this, and at this point, you're just like, fuck it. I'm just going to do what I want. Absolutely. That's totally what my mindset was, 100%. And, I mean, it makes sense in a way when you're, you're being so restrictive with your calories and not living your life to the fullest and eating what you want. Um, and then from there, I started looking at another way, excuse me, to structure, uh, my macros. And I went into this, I can't even believe I did this, but I went into like a intermittent fasting, but I did an extreme intermittent fasting. I would, I would, um, and it was kind of for convenience in a way that I didn't have to come home and eat food. I would literally have my, my window from, I want to say 6 p.m. till 1 a.m. That was my eating window. I would not eat food until 6 p.m. Until 1 a.m. Yeah, I would be up at 1 a.m. Yeah. Because nor- normally people are intermittent fasting from in that time period. Yeah. They stop eating at like six, yeah. and they go. But that's a. I don't know why hours. I thought it was good. I don't, I, I, well, I guess because at the time you're still because I assume you're still in university at the time. Oh right? yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah, you're living that. the university life because everyone's up later. Yeah. Right? Um, that's a crazy small window. <laughs> now, were you counting calories then too, or were you just only eating during that time? No, I counted calories still. I used my fitness pal. And what I liked about it is that I could eat whatever I wanted. And this is why I think it le- led to that. I could eat whatever I wanted. Like, because I had so many calories in this small window, um, I it was awesome. I could eat whatever I wanted for, you know, it could be nachos, it could be ice cream, like whatever. And I would still be able to hit um, my calorie goals. And I knew this from a coach. So I knew what my maintenance was. I knew what my surplus was. I knew, um, what to do and what goals I wanted to hit. Um, and you can still do that, right? It's all about calories in calories out. So that was fun. Um, and I found what I found the benefits were, I found quite a lot of focus. When I got up, I found I had a very, very clear head. I'd basically just pump black coffees like all through the day. I'd, I'd that might've helped in the, for the clear head too. Yeah, and I would I would hit my workout too. I would take some free too. So I mean, probably not the healthiest, but it was. I don't regret it. It was super fun. It was an experience. <laughs> now, when did you get into weightlifting? Uh, weightlifting. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I was c- quite lost with my degree. I didn't really. I felt like I didn't fit in in the sense of like. This is at Queens. Yeah, this is at no, Queens. Okay, so real quick, what brought you into Queens? Like when you applied to there, you're like, this is what I want to do when I finish school. Did you have a plan there or was it just like, ah, I'm just going to get a, get a degree? Mm-hmm. I had, I, I thought I was quite influenced by my two older brothers when I was, uh, they both went to the same high school as me and they both went to a university. One went to Carleton, one went to Queens too, especially my brother James. I found that I always looked up to him. He's like, number one role model in my life. He's the super smart, friendly guy. 
Um, super, super intelligent. He's in BC right now. Uh, he has his PhD in biochem working on cancer research. So he's always been like a role model when it comes to like intelligence and career. And like, I was like, all right, if I want to get to kind of the same page as him, I, I felt I, my parents, follow his yeah, follow his footsteps, go to Queens, see where I can, what I can do. Always like biology. It was my favorite class in grade 12. Uh, so I just took that and went with it. Um, then by third year, um, it was a fourth degree um, program. By third year, I I was kind of lost, and I was like, Mom, I I don't really like this. I'm struggling with a lot of my courses. I'm not passing all of them. I don't really know what to do. I could just kind of, you know, fight through it. But I had to work so hard. Like I had to with some of my courses, my math and sciences. I was up for my exams, like, and any university student can relate, but just personally, if you ask me, I had to work really, really hard for my um, my harder classes. Because you had trouble understanding it or because um, you just had no motivation, kind of slacked off, and you're making up for it? Um, it wasn't, no, it wasn't motivation. I had motivation to finish these courses because uh, I want to make my mom proud, but, and my brother proud, but it, there, it wasn't motivation. It was just some of the content itself, and... It, I didn't have some of the best study habits. A lot of the time, I would take longer writing notes instead of really sitting down. Some of the content I didn't like in general, like the math, I can't wrap my head around it. It's just a different language for me. So there I struggled. Um, my mom, most amazing woman ever. She was, uh, She's helped me get to where I am today, and she was kind of like, you know what? Why don't you just take a break? Like, why don't you, you know, finish the courses you can, finish this third year? Um, she reached out to... Um, my professor Natasha she just found her through she she called she was kind of looking for like a fitness um personal training because she knew she knew that this is Natasha as in Tash yeah Tash yeah okay well, we just know her as Tash so yeah, yeah explain who Tash is um Tash is what a lot of people at the gym actually know who she is but just in case anybody doesn't no I haven't seen her she used to do classes here yeah. So she is a professor for, and she runs the fitness and health promotion class at St. Lawrence College. So her and Grant Bradley, they, they run it. She's been doing it for a while. Um, one of the most amazing women I've ever met in my life. Most positive person, most helpful person. And I don't know, I absolutely loved her. I'm so happy that I was able to meet her. Like, yeah, no, she is a great person. Because yeah. um, I've known her for quite a few years too, and she's always a smile when yeah. she comes in the gym. So when she was coming in the gym, so... She would always bring her kids in and stuff, but she was always positive and stuff. Now, she just hasn't been back because she has three kids running around and we just don't have our childcare classes. I wish we had that childcare class. Yeah. That would be awesome, but COVID, right? Um, yeah, so no, my mom reached out to her and she was so helpful, um, Tash, with like letting my mom know and explaining um, what the program was so that I had a better understanding with it. My mom kind of set it up. It was like, why don't you try this college program? Like maybe college is the right route for you. Like if you're doing hands-on things with, you know, clients already in the gym, maybe this is, and this is what you're doing other than your degree that you're paying for. Like maybe this is the route. Maybe you should try that. Um, so I did exactly that. Third year I stopped, got the credits I could, um, went to St. Lawrence College, and, you know, did that two-year program. And that's where it led me to Olympic lifting. So that's... When did you first start seeing Olympic lifting? Was it in the course? Or was <coughs> it kind of like you saw some people doing it in the gym? Like, what made you... Like, what caught your eye in that? Well, the sport in general has always caught my eye. I've always thought it was, like, so hard to do. Like, such a difficult sport that, um, in a sense, I never thought... I looked at it and I was like, I can never do this. But... 
Um, there was some, there's this guy named Misha in my fitness and health program, and he let me know, he's like, there's this one guy in the entire college who does Olympic lifting, and he does it here at the Shack, which is the Shack is like St. Lawrence College um, gym. So it's like a YMCA, but in St. Lawrence College. And this is the new one when they rebuilt it, right? New one. Yeah. It was brand new when I started at college. Um, and he's like, you should meet this guy. Like, he's super good at Olympic lifting. He'll just, you know, help you through it. He's, he's one of my best friends. I live with him. Like, give it a try. Like, so we set up a time where I met this guy. And, and that's where I started. I literally learned the basics from him. Who's the guy? His name's Sam Duplessis. So he, he, he was in a completely different program, but he was just an Olympic lifter that lived there, and we became friends. And it was so cool. It, it was interesting to start lifting in there because it's not an Olympic lifting gym. You can't slam weights. It's not a CrossFit gym. It's a gym for, you know. Well, it weight. would be like a good uh, YMCA, good life type gym because mm -hmm. it's got all the machines. There's some squat stands, like free weights there that you can use, mm -hmm. but that's not the majority of it. No, like literally you're standing and everybody's, you know, like you're. If, you, if you're doing something different, everyone does look a little Absolutely. Everyone looks at you like you're insane and they'll, and you got to get used to that. You know, that's a one thing that everybody should take to the gym. Don't care what other people think about you in the gym. You do you, you do what you want. It's your time. Like you're here to better yourself. So that was um, something I had to kind of get used to. I never had that problem before, um, like I, like working out at the Queen's Gym. I didn't really care. There was varsity kids around me, whatever. Um, but doing Olympic lifting and not being good at it and not like not having that as a strength, it wasn't a deadlift, it wasn't a squat, like I, I wasn't in my comfort zone. That was cool. And to have somebody to help me through that, that was a good time for sure. I loved it. Um, and then it just stuck. I was like, I would, I remember trying to do a little bit of both because I still held on to, okay, I have, I did, I did have a little bit of more like physique goals as well. So I would try to do, you know, more legs on certain days. And then it just got to a point and probably when I got good at it and when I got my own coach, that's when I completely flipped. I was like, this, I want to get feet in all in. Yeah. Yeah. All, all feet. Yeah. Let's go. Let's get really, really good at snatching. Let's get really, really good at clean jerking. And that was the goal. And that's it's still a goal. And you started working with a coach. Do you still have that coach? Mm. Yeah, Lorenzo Abrosi. He, um, I did a couple sessions with him, me and Sam, because Sam was, he was Sam's coach too. So I, I went to CrossFit Queen Street and did um, a couple, you know, all Olympic, all Olympic lifting classes with him. And, and then I did my first Olympic lifting meet with Sam two years ago. And that's when he got his level one OWA. You have to take someone through to, to get it. So I was his client. That was super fun. That experience was interesting. And I didn't do as well as I thought. It was my first meet, so I didn't really know what to think. But it was one of those sports because you're on your own and it's just you and you don't have any, any team to rely on. It's very independent. Um, well, it's a very different frame. Like, say, for anyone who's never watched it, like, you walk out on stage, it's dead silent. You got three judges out in front of you, yeah. and then one off to the one side, and they just look at you. And you just got to lift the weight, put yeah. it down, walk off. Yeah. And it's a very calm, quiet. Yeah. It's not like the amped up. We've got the music going, clapping, chalk clouds. Everything's going crazy. And, and the way it works is, just for anyone who doesn't know, is, like, if I'm going, like, the barbell can go, only go up in weight. Mm -hmm. And so if, if you want to snatch 100 pounds, 
put in your thing, you snatch 100 pounds. Then, then you have to put in your next um, mm-hmm. bid where you go on one go 105. Okay, well, if you miss that, you can't go back down to like 102.5. You can exactly, only go up and yeah. wait. So it's like, and it is a little bit of a chess game where yeah. you're like, what's the most way I can do that I know I can hit? Mm-hmm. So you start decently low. Like you start at something for sure I can hit this. But at that same time, you're in a completely different environment. You're now in this competitive environment, right? And you're not in the gym anymore. So I like as an athlete, you either perform really, really well under stress or you don't, or you do the complete opposite. So what one more were you? I was stress killed me. I was clammy hands, sweating, 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 as much chalk I put on my hands, didn't matter. Now, now, did you notice that warming up? You're like, I can't focus right now. Or? Warming up was was okay. I was still nervous, but yeah, you definitely have some prep to to warm up, get your body going, feel familiar with the movements before with your coach too. It just didn't like I had the same thing with powerlifting. It was just I was nervous, and I think what would help and what I want to do for my next meet is to have like mock meets myself, invite some friends, invite some members. Like, hey, do you mind just watching me lift? In kind of like a mock me like more serious style i can sit there and watch you lift this with straight face no smile (laughs) sitting on a chair and i I think it was just like still in my head about what you know people are watching you it was just it was nervous i was nervous it was stressful but i want to do it again and again again i think that's like something with me too i have to do things again to feel comfortable and i can't wait to do another one um and with COVID, I was tr- I was gonna do an online one where it was just like you lift in front of the camera, like a Zoom call, but I said no to that. But I th- I think what I have to do is to keep doing meets to feel comfortable in that environment, and that's when I think I'll do okay. But do you, have you ever fo- like um, different styles of programs? One of them uh, for weightlifting. One of them is a Bulgarian, right? Mm-hmm. Are you familiar mm-hmm. with that? Yeah, so a little bit. Like, kind of like you max out. Drops out, max out, drops out. It's very popular in Eastern That's Europe. Cool. We use it a lot in our teams. Yeah. Um, just because the reason why I like it so much is that you don't go to like absolute max, but you go for a heavy lift of that day. It's very good for self-regulating. But what they were doing was they signed up for any meet anytime there's an opportunity. And so those guys were always battle Ooh. ready. And so they're always signing up. And so that way it wasn't, they weren't amping up for a certain time of year. There's like, let's go with this one, let's go with this one. And they're always just going heavy. And so they just got conditioned to do that. Now, the one thing is, it kind of weeds out the mentally weak. Because yeah. you need to be on nonstop. Um, and also, those guys were full of juice. Like, they were getting some extra extra help there from yeah. the yeah. doctors, right? And But that's why it's never really taken big over here. Not because of the juice part, but it's like, if you get, like, 100 people sign up for this program, you might get, like, five or six who can survive it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a very mm-hmm. low, um, like, survival rate. And, but that's what they always did. And then there's like the other style of programs where like say American weightlifting, you are getting ready for four years out. Exactly. For the Olympics. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's yeah. Tapered to that, that four year event. And that's crazy. Yeah. And which will be also very hard because you're just doing the same thing over and over. Yeah. Like the same lifts, even though you're yeah. doing different styles and different times of the year doing different. Mm-hmm. But th- I think that's what an athlete is. Like you kind of just have to do the same thing over mm-hmm. and over and get really mm-hmm. good at it and just mm-hmm. know it's your job. Mm-hmm. No, I totally agree. Yeah. Have you ever, have you done any meets yourself? Like, No, I've never done a weightlifting meet or no. powerlifting. Of CrossFit, yeah. I've done a few CrossFit competitions. Oh. Now, um, I do have my level one for weightlifting. Yeah. So we did a mock meet when I did that. Cool. Um, that was about as close to it. But did then, you enjoy that? Like the way Olympic weightlifting meets? 
like how they're structured. Yeah, yeah, because I enjoy the game of it, like the chess match. Yeah. And so, like, how much can you go? Then you start seeing what the other guy who's just at five pounds more than you in the snatch, then you got you, you start chasing him in the mm. clean jerk. And you start seeing, um, okay, well, I have to lift, five, like, seven pounds to be him to win yeah. right and so i always enjoy that and i always enjoy the technique and then just the different styles like the more skill side of it mm -hmm. right? and that's where i think like coaching in general like when you're taking your athlete through it the athlete is the one doing all the physical work the coach is the one doing that for you so that you're not stressing when you lift right so yeah. it's more the coach is figuring out has to know you has to know what you know and has to give you the confidence because you're in a completely different mindset you're you're a little bit nervous. You have a little bit more anxiety. So that coach has to be strong enough to give you the confidence to be like, yeah, you can lift that. Like, you're doing this. Yeah. Well, the coach does the thinking for you. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. Now, you got into coaching now because mm -hmm. um, you didn't coach. Like, during while you're at St. Lawrence, you're supposed to do your placements and mm -hmm. all of those kind of fell through. Mm -hmm. So this working on limestone here is your first full-time coaching game. Yeah, I would say so, yeah. I did. I had a little experience with Jackie Gerald at her gold gym, so I did that. She's in Belleville. Yeah, yeah. So that was awesome to work. It was completely sports-specific gym. It's She has a bunch of different athletes. She has basketball. She has, um, like, swimmers, but mostly it was a hockey scene. So it was cool to, to see how she ran that, and that's when I was, like, super interested in, like, the programming and kind of like more like the strength, the, the hockey testing and stuff like that. Um, so that was really cool to do. And that was um, a third placement. So um, my friend Josh and I in the program, we were like, okay, we really want to do this placement, but we're only allowed two. Let's try to see if we can do like a half and half, do half hours here, half hours there. Um, so that was cool. We had to drive like 40 minutes there and back, but it was totally worth it. So that was a really cool experience. Um, other than that, I um, I was a placement student for Tyson Montgomery. He's at Corey Chiropractor right now. But that was specifically one-on-one. -on -one. Um, that was personal training in general. That was not coaching. That was not like a sports team. So it was one-on-one -on -one with clients. So that helped me. He was super functional. His, his training was functional. How can I help this general population feel better in life like what exercise can I give them that's not you know a uni like it's multi-joint exercises right so I also have a passion for helping anybody mostly general population mostly as uh, adults excuse me um to help use lifting use lifting in the in you know being in a gym scene and using that and working with them so that they feel better with their kids and when they're older things like that so that that's a passion of mine but I would say coaching is, like, what I want to do. I want to get to a point where I can, like, coach a major, like, hockey team or, like, maybe the Vancouver Canucks because I love Vancouver. So that's the, the pie-in-the-sky goal. Uh, Montreal Canadiens are better, but that's a side <laughs> yeah, comment. Yeah, Vancouver Canucks kind of sad. Yeah. Um, so because you help me a lot with the sports teams here, right, mm -hmm. with the teens. I know you're very passionate about coaching all the kids. Mm -hmm. Um. Now, going back, because you do work with, with the girls' hockey teams, mm -hmm. what you learned back in high school with the eating and performance, do you think that's a big influence on how you coach these girls? Because you do have a very good rapport with them. Like, oh, my God, yeah. 100%. Like, I, I see – I can see some of my old self in them. I, I'm, I'm kind of not jealous, but I'm envious that – I didn't get to be in this. I, I did volleyball, but it wasn't as competitive like the Ice Wolves. Like, they get to train with such a great environment. Like, you look around, there's 17 of them. Like, the energy in the room, like, I'm jealous. I, you know, wasn't part of a team like that growing up. But 100%, like, these girls are, 
you know, half the, you know, some are going to school, so they have the stress of school, and then they're on the ice, like, four or five times a week, and then they have to travel to come train and do CrossFit twice a week at a late night, like, they are deaf, I can see a lot of them definitely aren't fueling themselves, and it's, it's something that, you know, I talk to them, and they want to, they're like, oh, you know, I need to get on a, a, you know, a, a nutrition program, like, I need to do better here, I'm like, yes, you need to fuel yourself. You know, at such a young age, I didn't do that. So. Well, even when we're in the, because we had that session last night, we heard one girl talking about like what she ate for breakfast. She has like a bagel with cream cheese, yeah. two, three eggs. I can't remember. Yeah. And like and fruit, fruit yeah. for breakfast. Yeah. Now, um, that was big because That's some big. of those girls like probably eat a her, bowl of cereal. Yeah. Well, like even before I remember that same girl was like, yeah, I'm just not hungry first thing in mm. the morning. And I was like, look, you got to eat. You got to eat all day because like, you got to spend all day in school because you got to keep your mind stimulated. You got to, like, and then after school, they go to hockey. Mm-hmm. Then they come in to train here. And, like, they're finishing the train at 930 at night. They're like, I've had, like, a little bit of dinner. That's it. Mm-hmm. Like, no, you need to eat more. You, that's, mm-hmm. I think, the biggest thing at that age is not eating mm-hmm. enough for how much, like, for how many hours they're spending with energy going out. Like what you said, mm-hmm. uh, macros going in and mm-hmm. macro calories going in, calories oh, going yeah. out. Was your the amount of calories going out is just insane for that age especially when you're growing right at that you know you're 18 19 year old girl like you need to you need to feel yourself properly but when you add a sport like hockey into it you need to be on a structured plan you know you need to eat any opportunity you have to eat you need to do it how much do you think social media plays into all this oh 100 does because they do look on the phone they do see because i will say training for like body composition Mm -hmm. is a little bit different training for athlete i do Starting to believe that form follows function. Absolutely. Right? And if yeah. you train mm-hmm. for function, like say you train to be faster and stronger, mm-hmm. your physique is going to naturally gravitate. But a lot of those girls, Absolutely. they think the opposite. They're like, oh, I don't want to lift weight because it's going to make me bulky. Yeah, I was just going to say it, it disappoints me because some girls who are very, very strong um, in some of these sport teams are actually self-conscious that they can lift more than their friend they there's some girls who are not comp like they don't feel confident being strong which is something that gives me the most confidence I feel the most confident the more weight I can live so I find that very interesting and I think that is totally runs back to either being different and like maybe they stand out a little bit more because they're lifting more weight um or social media just in general looking at maybe they they're you know on social media it's celebrated to be skinny and have the the most weight off your body sorry like to be skinny is being celebrated on social media and not always strong and I definitely saw that there was but it's also like how you fill your Instagram feed right like if you surround your Instagram feed with you know the positive reinforcements I feel like you'll be in a better headspace it's very interesting, uh, girls at that age, because um, like my biggest goal with all these girls is always try teach them versus like, yeah, we try and get them faster, stronger, but they're not always going to be playing hockey, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. say when they're like 35 to 40. So this way they can go do their own thing when they go into the gym, they're comfortable doing that. Mm-hmm. And that's always been my goal. So that way, like Love teach that. them how to do a hang power clean well versus, hey, let's just max out or all that stuff and then you, it takes time to teach these girls like that confidence right absolutely and you see some of them like some of them like say scout right because you know mm-hmm. scout scout's mm-hmm. been coming here for 
I don't know how many years, five years. So if anybody doesn't know Scout, she started, I think she was 14, 15 with us at the gym, mm-hmm. and now she's 20? Yeah, 20, yeah. Yeah, so she and she plays hockey for the Queens. And then she's a great example. Is like, hey, I want to get as strong and move yeah. and be fast. And, exactly. And very proud of what she can do in the gym. Yeah. And then she shows, like, I, eat, I have to eat a lot too. Mm-hmm. That's awesome, yeah. I love that. She's a great example for young girls for sure. And some that I definitely think younger girls look up to, and they it's a perfect example of what that population should be looking up to. Not fitness models that probably star themselves, and that you know you you can't rely on an image like that to give you confidence. Like you, they could look completely different in person, and especially being like focus on your sport, focus on the important things, being explosive under a barbell, being faster, and like sprinting to be faster on the ice like that should be where your head is at and that's it's it's hard it's hard at that age because you know there's other things that are going around in their head besides sport in general so I like working with them because I can relate you know and that's my passion my passion lies there so um, I absolutely love I love the job I do and I'm super happy to have like opportunities to be able to work with them I think it's it's great it's not work to me it's just um, totally empowering for sure. No, you're having fun. You're yeah. always cranking the music. Yeah, yeah, it's and good time. Dancing. They like and it, and yeah. you can see now. You can see, like, like you said yesterday, their time for burpees skyrocketed from last year. Like, they are getting stronger, and I think where that, co- where is that's coming from is they're enjoying getting stronger. They're they're learning more, and they want to learn. Like, they want you to watch their technique. They want to do it right. Yeah. And that's what you want. So they want to be there. Because remember when we were doing like even the. What was it? The hang power cleans mm-hmm. last night. And they're all cheering each other on. Be like, oh, my God, that was so much weight. That yeah, was awesome. Yeah. And they get so pumped up. And like, that's, that's awesome. the culture that we want still at the gym. Um, now, going on to adults. Mm-hmm. Like, do you ever find with adults that they sometimes have the – like, we were just talking about, like, sometimes they kind of look at the fitness models and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Do you find adults – like, they – because our goal is to have everyone working out mm-hmm. for themselves. Do you find that, like, it's – Adults um, are jumping on the same. I find that a lot of the adults, especially for a woman, it's more of like, I don't see as much as strength goals for them. I see it's more of like, I want to lose weight and I want to get, I want to cut my macros so I can lose weight, I feel. Um, well, and then their girls are just, they just want to come in and feel good. Yeah. And that's something we always encourage. Like, come in, it's your workout. Like mm-hmm. you were saying earlier, it's like, you do you. Like, mm-hmm. when you're going... And, like, if that's what you want to do to, for the means mm-hmm. to Exactly. Like, if that's what your goal, if your goal is to come in here and absolutely sweat and burn calories, hell yeah. Like, you're moving. You're, you know, and that's the, um, you want to lubricate your joints. You want, and that is the, the goal to being healthy, I feel, is to keep moving. Like, being especially with, I'm so proud of, like, the adults who work desk jobs because especially for that when your hip flexors are in a position of just being, you know, stuck and bent, stuck. Like, yeah. Uh, like bent. Good for you for, you know, taking a 415 class right after your nine hour shift or eight hour shift coming here and doing an insanely hard CrossFit. Wad. Like that's amazing. And that's why I love my job so much is because I get to see that, you know, I get to be part of someone's maybe favorite part of their day, you know, like, and being able to push them and make it enjoyable for them. Mm. Now with, um, Everyone, like kids and adults, if there's one movement that you think everyone should master, what would it be? I ask this to other coaches Ooh. too. I want to say snatch, but it just takes so long to learn. Well, why, why snatch? 
just because it's full body, it's technical. You get balance in there. You get explosiveness. It's, you know, starts off with a deadlift. You get into a pole. You drive under a barbell, but that's just me. Um, it is full body because you get it's the full body. You hit everything. Shoulders. Um, it's a great test of mobility. Yes. Um, yeah. It does increase athleticism um, and the possibilities of like improving on it are always endless because it's not like uh, you hit a max and you can mm. never go any heavier, mm. right? Well, max not in like weight, but like you can always progress. And I like that because there's always like it's so hard to get a perfect snatch. Like, you can master, it's more likely for someone to master a strict pull-up. Like, I feel like that's easier to achieve. But if you see someone do a perfect snatch, it's like, holy crap, the amount of hours being put into that specific exercise. Because there's little, little things that you can tweak and change about a snatch to make it better. When everyone's a little bit different, and that's why the snatch, it's like, art. It's like mm. a Mona Lisa, mysterious. So everyone's going to be a little bit different with oh, it. Yeah. And everyone's going to interpret it a little bit different. Mm. Like they're going to move a little bit different because depending on like their their joints, mm. um, like their femur length and going right into mobility, yeah. right? How they're going to move. Yeah. And the beauty of it is that you see, you watch the sport, you have all different sizes. You know what I mean? Like you can have a 400-pound man do it. <laughs> It's so cool to watch to me. Or you could have, you know, a 125-pound body weight for a woman and she's snatching 250 pounds above her head. Like, that's super impressive. Because you have to, you're moving around a barbell in the most efficient pathway possible. Like, I just, uh, that's, that's super cool to me. And it's not for everybody, like, when it comes to working out. But it's what keeps me coming back to the gym. So I just think that whatever, you know, if it's a muscle up or if it's, you know, as many, how many cows you can get on an air bike, <laughs> like whatever it is that keeps you coming to the gym, keep doing it. Because it took me a while to find it. Yeah, well, I, and I think everyone needs to find that motivation. What's right? it for you? Like, what do you, what pushes you to come back to the gym after being super tired? Like, um, it's probably not the best answer. I know some days, because I do look at it as like a job. Right? Yeah. Not in the job. That's in, true, yeah. No, in, that. the, in the sense, not like, oh, I have to be, perform a certain level as a coach. But it's like, to me, it's like, there's some days I don't want to train, but I know if I work hard now, next week I might not have the opportunity. Yeah. And so yeah. that's how I keep myself motivated. It's like, okay, no, nope, it's a checklist. Because mm-hmm. I will say I'm not, I don't have motivation every day. Yeah, like, and same. I think that's totally normal. It's like not the motivation that people should seek. It's the routine, mm-hmm. creating that routine. Like we can make the comments like make the gym their third stop. You know how like um, Starbucks talks about how they're the third stop for everyone's life, like work and home. The third stop being the gym. I think that's what people need to do because at the end of the day, over time, motivation will run out. And so what keeps me going is just like, nope, um, got to come in, set time aside, set 60 minutes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's a little bit shorter. Sometimes I can take an extra mm-hmm. 10, 15 mm-hmm. minutes. And so so it's not the best answer to say that's what keeps me going because I'm saying it's just part of the routine. Now, there's some days where like, man, I'm so pumped to the train. Mm-hmm. And then there's other days where I'm just like, I really don't want to do this. Just but keep slamming that pre-workout. Yeah, but exactly. But it's like I just kind of look, okay, this is what I'm going to do. Write it all out. Like, yep, I'm yeah. just going to maintain this. Mm-hmm. Like, is it going to be the perfect day for training? Mm-hmm. No. Am I going to get PRs or am I going to get more calories on mm-hmm. the bike? No, but you achieved it. Yeah. And so that way I know after, like I worked hard, time to move on to the mm-hmm. next task. Right. That's great. Yeah. And that's how I kind of like view work and stuff too. It's like, okay, this is what needs to be done. Do it. Okay, move on to the next thing. Because mm-hmm. there's always going to be things in life that you don't want to do. Every job, there's parts that you don't want to do, right? But 
if you just kind of change that mindset, it's like, I don't want to do this. But like, nope, I get to do this. So I'm just going to do it. Mm-hmm. It's part of my day. It's part of the routine. Mm-hmm. And so basically, in other words, is I'm just trying to get rid of that negative mm-hmm. mindset of like, oh, I have to do this, mm-hmm. right? But it's just like, I get to do this. Mm-hmm. Right? Exactly. Like, just having the opportunity to be able to move in general because, you know, there's people out there that are dealing with a condition that maybe are, are not allowed to or you're injured or, you know, if you're in that in that you know, that stage of your life, that it's heartbreaking, right? Especially if you're somebody who likes to train in general and you get injured, it's like, keep your body moving. That's why I think it's so important to, you know, learn the technique right. Because if you do get injured, you're going to be stalled for a while, so. And then that's one thing I use for me is like, next week I could be injured, so I might have to take like a week off. And then I'm going to be yeah. more mad because if I took today off and I take like, I end up having to take next mm-hmm. week off, then I just lost like two weeks of training. Right. Yeah. So with me, I'm just like, nope, he's got to do it. And mm-hmm. like, the goal is always just get a little bit better than the day mm-hmm. before. Exactly. And you don't have to like Rome wasn't built in a day. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> oh, honestly, yeah, but but like you just have to just build blocks, mm-hmm. right? And just build that base. Keep working on that base, and eventually mm-hmm. it's going to get there. It's like that peaks and valleys, right? Mm-hmm. Like everyone always wants to jump to the top and be like, yeah, this is where I should be. It's like, no, you just got to keep away showing up. Yeah. And that's the hardest thing I think with strength is a lot of people. They have to learn it the hard way. That strength takes time. Mm-hmm. Like you, you did not back squat. I don't know what your max back squat, but mm-hmm. is but you did not achieve that overnight. It no. just takes time of this grinding it out. Grinding yeah, it absolutely. Out. So that's how I kind of see working out. Yeah, all that. I find it's a lot of like mind muscle connection. I know you hear that term a lot, and a lot of people don't understand it. But for a back squat, it's like where is your weight? Like you need to feel and know where your feet are to the ground. Like you need to feel the weight in your heels and your midfoot. And it's being body aware in general. I think that will really help people push forward into learning a new movement. It's just knowing your place in space under a barbell, what feels good, having obviously some coaching in general too. And yeah, keep keep doing it, keep trying and, and not to give up. Keep going with it. Yeah. Take every day. Mm-hmm. Awesome, Laura. That was awesome. This was good. I loved it. Yeah. Any Thank- last words? If anybody wants to find you, where can um, they find you they, if you want them to find cross you? Cross at Limestone every day. Okay. Monday, Wednesday, Friday evenings, Tuesday, Thursday mornings. Okay. Um, yeah, I have an Instagram, Laura underscore underscore Wells. Reach out if you want uh, any help at all with lifting. Um, yeah. No, this is it. Thank you for the opportunity.